Speak the Word podcasts, the word of God with no restrictions, no limitations and no barriers. For the Bible says in Daniel 11.32, those that know their God will be filled with power and do great exploits. In this podcast, we will explore the word of God together, growing in Christ and building a better relationship with the Father. So tune in to Speak the Word podcast every Friday at 9pm. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 7, it says, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in the heaven, above or on earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations to those who love me and keep my command. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So here we see God speaking. Exodus chapter 20 verse 1, we see God spoke these words. And God is speaking about worship here. He's speaking about him being your God. It says that you should not worship any other God but the Lord, for he's a jealous God. And what we see here is that God, God says, I'm a jealous God, but he doesn't leave it at that. He says, those that didn't worship me, so the parents of people that didn't worship me, three and fourth generations down the line, they will experience my wrath. But for those that worship me, thousand generations will experience my love. So what God is saying here is that nobody should else should in your life should be a master. Nobody else should be a light in your life should be a master. And my question today is, who is your master? What do you let control your life? The Bible talks in Deuteronomy chapter 4 about the things of this earth. You'll see the stars, you'll see the moon, the plants, but you shouldn't worship them. No, you shouldn't worship them. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 15 to 19, you saw no form of any kind the day the Lord spoke to you of Horeb out of the fire. Therefore, watch yourself very carefully so that you do not become corrupt and make yourselves an idol or any image of any shape, whether formed like a man or woman. So the what's hap- what the basis talking about here saying that this is the time where the people of Israel didn't know God. So generation didn't know God. Why? Because they had let themselves worship other things besides God. In verse 16, it said, do not become corrupt and make images of yourself. Because if you go back to Exodus chapter 20, God says, I am the Lord your God. You worship me. You shouldn't worship any other gods. And it goes on in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 17, saying, do not worship anything, do not become corrupt, or any animal on earth, or bird, or creature, or fish, or the sky, the moon, the stars, anything in the heavenly array. Do not be compelled by it. Do not worship it. Because God is the ultimate one to be worshipped. God is the ultimate one to be, you're supposed to serve after. In the Bible, it talks about you cannot have two masters. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, you, can, you cannot have two masters. You can only have one. It's either God or something else. And that's why God warned them. And in the Ten Commandments, that was the first commandment. Worship the Lord your God. That was the very first commandment. And it's essential that God is the master of your life. Nothing else should take precedent over God in your life. And in the Bible, we see so many times where people have let other things become a master, even for a short period of time. But that should not be the case. And there's a response to that. The Bible, that's why God gave us the first commandment. If you do not worship him, God is going to rebuke you. God is going to rebuke you. And the ultimate rebuke is obviously going to hell. But even in this life, God will also rebuke you at the times where you do not worship him. We see so many examples, and I'm going to go through them, different things that let people that people let become their masters and let control them. For example, money, the world, 
children of Israel let other things compel them. Relationships let people compel them. Fear, pursuit, so your own personal desires. But that should not be the case. The thing that should be number one in your life is Christ. The Bible talks about seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added on. So this means that God should be the number one priority in your life. Nothing, nothing in your life should come beyond God. God should be the first thing in your life. And that should be what you surround yourself in. That should be what you let dictate where you go in life. Dictate your footsteps. You shouldn't move out God's telling you to move. That is the way you should live as a Christian, as a believer of God and believer of the word. That is what a true believer does. And without doing this, you're letting other things come before and that becomes a master. It may not seem like that, but if you let anything come before God, that is a master. So if you're letting your school come before God, if you're letting relationships come, come before God, if your desire for money comes before God, then that becomes a master of our life. God is now not second, secondary, number two, where God should be number one. Everything you do in life should be the basis of what God tells you to do. Everything you do in life should be based on what God tells you to do. Without doing that, it that becomes your master. And therefore, you're breaking the first commandment. And God has response to that. The children of Israel in the Bible, they, they turn their backs on God. We see this when they started worshipping the gods of Baal. This is in Judges chapter... 2 verse 10 to 15 you see them start worshipping the gods of Baal I'll, I'll just give a bit of history content for what the god of Baal is and what they were worshipping so Baal essentially means in Hebrew Lord and they were worshipping this god and they believed that this god would give them fertility and allow them to multiply so what they did is they carried out sexual immorality acts in order for God, their god which was the idol, bow to worship them. And they were worshipping these pagan gods, where God had specifically told them in Exodus chapter 20, verse, verses 1, this is what the Lord said. It said the Lord spoke, and the and God spoke all these words. God spoke the words. So it's not the words of man, this is the words of God from, from the mouth of God, in which he, he wrote down and gave the commandments. Because when Moses found the commandments, the commandments were already there, he didn't write them down. So God spoke these words and they came to pass. And he said, do not worship any other God. He said, the first thing he said is, I am the Lord your God, the one who brought you out of Egypt. That's the thing. The people of Israel forgot about what God had done. It's very easy in life when things are not going the way you expect or when things seem overwhelming for you to forget what God has brought you out of. The people of Israel have forgot God had brought you out of that slavery. He had brought you out of Egypt out of that land of slaves and he brought you into another land and he said you cannot worship any other god because i am the lord your god and what did they do they started watching this god of baal and we see what it says here in judges chapter 2 verse 10 it says after that whole generation had gathered to their ancestors another generation grew up who knew neither the lord nor what he had done for them in israel so because the people had turned their back the people that came after them didn't even know what he had done so they didn't remember he was a loser god that brought you out of egypt they didn't remember he was a loser god that brought you out of slavery they just went grew up thinking that they had been here when it wasn't they hadn't remembered the history of what god had done and it says in verse 11 then the israelites did evil things in the eyes of god and served the bowels they served those pagan gods which god told them specifically i am the lord your god you do not worship any other god but me verse 12 they forsook the lord the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of peoples, of the peoples around them, and they aroused God's anger. This is the thing. When you're not worshipping God, you're, you're on the other side. I have a good analogy that my pastor once said. It's like a train track. When you're on a train, there's the track, so you're, the train's on the track. Electricity is still running course through. If you're sitting on the train, 
the electricity doesn't affect you. But if you're on the other side, if you're on the track, someone will burn and die. So it's the same with God. God's anger is there. Just because you're on the other side doesn't mean it's not there. And that's the thing the people of Israel forgot, the children of Israel forgot, that because God brought you out, they thought they would always be on the side where the train is and always never receive the anger. But God is, his anger is still there. And if you turn your back, the Bible says, remember Exodus chapter 20, it says, I am a jealous God. God said, I am jealous. So don't worship any other gods. Because if you do, third, fourth generations will experience my wrath. And then in Judges chapter 2, verse 12, it says, they forsook the Lord and the gods of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal. Verse 14, in his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them to the hand of the raiders who plundered them. So because of what they had done, God let those who were supposed to, who he was supposed to let you beat in the battle, he let them beat them. He let, God let the, the enemy beat the people of Israel because they had forsaken God. They had turned their back on God. Then if you go to, yeah, verse 14, it says, in his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hand of raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of the enemies around them who they no longer were able to resist. So before, when they were able to beat them, remember, the Egyptians had a lot. These people were slaves, yet they were able to leave Egypt. But God says, do you know what? Because of what you're doing, these people that are enemies against you, they will beat you. And in verse 15, it says, whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them. So they were defeated. If Every single time they were defeated, God had turned his back. And that's what you do when you let something else become a master in your life. Learn other gods, worshiping other things. God will turn his back on you and you experience his wrath. Because the Bible says once again, Exodus chapter 20, I am a jealous God. God said, I am jealous. So if you go against me, you will receive the retribute for it. You will receive the rebuke for it. Vengeance is his. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord. He will show his vengeance to you because you have turned your back on him. And even if you go further, you can even see David's son, King Ahab, he was even doing the rituals of the people as well. Even though in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21, I'm going to read that. And it reads, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed at Molech, for you must not profane the name of you, the name of your God. I am the Lord. So God said, do not give any sacrifice. But what does Ahab do? Ahab even drank the blood. If you go to 2 Kings chapter 16, verse two to four and it says Ahabs was 20 years old when he became king he reigned Jerusalem for 16 years unlike David his father he did not do what was right in the eyes of God he followed the ways of the kings of Israel and even sacrificed his son in the fire engaged in detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites so he even gave his son as a sacrifice when the Bible specifically said do not give anything at Molech the people of Israel were so disobedient to God and God showed his wrath May none of us experience the wrath of God. Why? Because that cannot be your master. You can't let anything come before God because you experience the retribute of God. You experience the rebuke of God. Nothing should come before God. God should be the first thing in your life. When you wake up, God should be the first thing you look at, think about. When you go to bed, God should be the last thing you think about. Your whole life should revolve around God because he is the master. Who are you serving? Are you serving the things of this world? Are you going to serve money, relationships, even fear, your goals in life? Or are you going to serve God? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. That means that is our job to do. We must first seek God. Nothing should come beyond seeking God. So that's why I question, what are we letting our lives be consumed by? Why is it people say they don't have enough time in the day to spend time with God? 24 hours, you don't even have 
five minutes, one minute to spend with God. You're letting all these things that will pass away. The Bible says everything in this, this world will pass away, but my word will stand. Everything in this world will pass away, but my word will stand. What does that mean? All this money is nothing. All these materialistic things, even getting a job, going to uni, all that is great. But it's not the fundamental. The fundamental is knowing God. The fundamental is seeking God's face. The fundamental is growing in Christ. The fundamental is letting God be your master. You cannot serve many things. The Bible talks about money. Money is a thing. A lot of people, it becomes a master in their life because they let money be the focus of what they're doing. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, the love of money is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. And it says, those who want to get rich and fall into temptation and into the trap, into many foolish and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people are eager for money and have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the Bible saying here, you are loving money, but it's causing you more harm. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. That means, in fact, money is going to cause more evil in your life. That's why I question when people may go to work on a Sunday because you're getting paid a bit extra money over coming to church. You're letting money become a master. You're letting money control your life. Your love of money is leading to these things. And then after, people now wonder why they fall in temptation. But the Bible says here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, those who want money and fall in temptation and trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Because when you start loving money, then it becomes an idol. That means you start seeking after money. This means you'll go to lengths that you never thought you would go to. Remember what I said in the last episode? The human heart is very wicked. We have a very wicked heart. There's things you think you will not do until you have done it. So that means the things people think they will never do for money, until they start loving money and then that become a master in their life and letting money control them, they won't know. So you shouldn't let money become a master. It's very wrong. Money, Money is materialistic. The Bible, remember what I've said, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added on. That means if you're seeking God, God will bring everything you need. The Bible even goes on further and says, Matthew chapter 6 from 25, it says, it's talking about not worrying. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or anything about your body, what you will wear. Is life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 26, like I was saying, it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? So what is God saying here? God is saying that the birds in the air, they don't even store away, but God still provides for them. When have you ever seen a bird hungry? They're always eating. Every time you look at birds, they're always eating. The pigeons you see on the street, they're always looking for food, eating, eating, eating. God provides for them and they don't even store. So us as humans, will God not give us so much more? We are his creation. We are made in that likeness and image of Christ. So God will give us even 10 times more than what the birds are even getting. So why are you seeking after money? Why are you letting money control you? Why are you letting money dictate where you go in life? How can money be your master? When God says, you love me, seek me and I'll give you everything you need. Everything will be added on. Don't worry about saving and all of that. It's important to save. Don't get me wrong. Those things are important. But the Bible is saying, know me first and everything else will be sorted out. Know me first and I will sort everything out for you. Do not love money because it comes, it leads to evil. And when you start doing things that you never thought you would be doing, it leads to destruction and despair. The Bible even goes on further. Jesus spoke about the rich man and he said, it's hard for a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. 
It's not because they're rich, no. It's because they love money so much. That is why it's hard for you to inherit the kingdom of God. When you're loving money so much, you're letting money control you. You're letting money define what you do. You're doing things you never thought you would be doing just for money. Money that is a materialistic thing that will pass away. Mark chapter 10, verse 21 to 25, and it reads, Jesus looked at him and said, looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Verse 22, at this, the man's face fell. He went away because he knew he had great wealth. The man left because he had great wealth and didn't want to give it up. But what God, what Jesus was saying is, you give those things away. Don't worry, I will give it back to you. Remember when he called the disciples, he said, I will make you fishes of men. Forget these fish you're getting, these fish in the sea. I will let you be fishes of men. So he's saying, leave those things. Don't worry, you will still have them. In Christ, you will have 10 times more. But the man was sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus went on further in 23 and said, look, how hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? Verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying here that you love money so much. You love money so much. But those things will pass away. If you love me, you will seek my face and enter the kingdom of God. He said, I come to enter the eye of the needle. So in Jerusalem at the time, there was a wall that surrounded it. And there was a door that in the night time, they closed the gates of Jerusalem. And that door you can go through. But for the camel to enter, because they used camels as a mode of transport then, they had to remove everything from the camel for the camel to enter. And that is what Jesus was saying. You must remove everything for you to enter the kingdom of God. Because when you remove all the worldly things, then you can love me for me. You can love the Lord. And then everything else added on. It's just a benefit. It's a bonus. But you've already entered. But the man didn't want to enter. Because he loved all the things of the world. He loved so much money. He loved it so much. And he had great wealth. But the guy asked how to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus told him that he doesn't want to accept it. The love of money does not lead to good things in your life. Loving money is materialistic things. Someone can be rich today and be broke tomorrow. Because that's how the world works. But once you have God, you know you will never lack. The Bible says, I was young and now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Are you not much more worth than the birds on the ground? And yet God provides for them. So how much more will he provide for his child? How much more will God provide for someone who he's made likeness and image? God provides so much for you. You don't need to worry about anything. God is providing. Do not let money become master in your life. Because you can't inherit the kingdom of God with a love of money. Because if you love money, that means you will love it more than God. And you will prioritise money over God. Do not prioritise money over God. Everything in life should be God first. And after that, he will provide everything after. God will not leave you naked. He will not leave you ashamed. So don't ever let money become a master in your life. It's not a good thing. Because then when the money's gone, you will start searching for something else to be your master. And that's when you fall into temptation. 